up and welcome everybody to a later weekend episode of the Bros and Consoles podcast. I am, of course, one half of your host, Nathan Choquette, coming to you normally each and every Thursday with a new episode where we talk about video game news and new releases, all the fun trophy things and, you know, all that good stuff, right? Um, This week coming a little bit late, obviously. I think I managed to remember pretty late to get a uh, message out on Twitter saying that it wasn't going to be available to the weekend. Uh, I was holding out hope I'd be able to get things done uh, on Thursday, but yeah, there's just been a lot going on this week in terms of work and everything, so got a little bit hectic and had to kind of push the recording back a little bit, but we're here now. We're ready to record. I don't have a drink with me, which I just realized, which is, you know, a little upsetting. My throat does get pretty parched by the end of these episodes, but yeah, now I'll just have to wait until, I don't know, maybe like an hour from now. <laughs> we'll see how long this episode takes. Um, but I do have a lot of different things to go over here. So, you know, for people who are familiar, we're going to start off with um, episode 40, which is this episode now of the solo gaming updates mini series that we've been doing for, I don't know, I guess apparently 40 episodes now. Um, but we're going to start it off the the new way that we kind of started up last episode, which is talking a little bit about some stuff related to eyeballs. Um, as people may or may not know, this is not going to be any kind of like diagnosing things going on here, but just kind of things from you know, your friendly neighborhood gaming eye doctor to anyone who wants to listen about stuff that may interest them or may, you know, pertain to them and their eye health in general. So first thing I wanted to jump in there real quick, we'll get through this and then we'll go ahead and straight over to the video game related um, paraphernalia, I guess. Um, So wanted to let you guys know that did you know that diabetes can actually affect your eyes that's right everybody uncontrolled diabetes is actually a huge risk to your eye health and um, just kind of overall vision quality so when you're trying to keep tabs on your diabetes that's kind of essentially the best way to help preserve your vision for as long as possible just kind of making sure that your blood sugar is you know stable and everything going in for your regular checkups and whatnot if you can't afford to go in for checkups i do understand that is a thing that does happen and you know it's not something that we talk about probably a lot in healthcare in america and whatnot Healthcare is crazy expensive for a lot of people and you know it's you know even for people that can't afford it um, or have you know decent insurance and stuff it's still expensive and that's just kind of the healthcare system in america is not great um, sorry to be the, the bearer of bad news coming straight from a doctor over here, but you know, it's kind of, it's kind of the truth there. Um, I think a lot of other countries would look at our healthcare system and just be like, what's up guys? Um, what's, what's going on over here? But, um, moving away from the whole healthcare top there or topic there, um, just talking directly about diabetes in your eyes. Um, so what the reason why I bring this up in relation to eyes is that it is possible to kind of, you know, have complications occur with your eyes related to diabetes. It's something that we can pick up as eye doctors just on kind of regular general exams, either by doing a dilated eye exam, which is the best way to kind of pick things up, or by sometimes getting photos of the back of the eyes and hopefully kind of capturing part there. The photos sometimes work, sometimes doesn't work too great. Um, I can kind of get into the whole like, you know, I'll probably do another episode eventually about like dilation versus like eyeball photos and stuff and kind of the pros and cons of of each ones there. But um, talking about the diabetes specifically, now I know I mentioned that, you know, keeping the diabetes under control is the best way to make sure that things don't affect your vision um, long term or short short term, right? Um, But Unfortunately, it is still possible to have complications occur even if you have good blood sugar control, which is why this topic is, you know, extra important. 
And it's because the risk uh, or the relative risk of kind of having these complications go on increases the longer you've actually um, had diabetes or, you know, from the time that you've been diagnosed with diabetes. So it's kind of a, I guess you'd say it's kind of like a you know, lifelong battle there, similar with any kind of systemic disease, right? Where you're kind of constantly battling against these things, trying to keep things um, in your body as healthy as possible so that, you know, you live long and prosper and all these different things there. Um, but the, that's, that's one of the reasons why it's super important to constantly have kind of regular eye checkups, especially if you are a diabetic. Um, and because for that, that exact reason that I mentioned that, you know, the longer you've had diabetes, the more likely you are to have complications go on there. And generally eye complications are some of the first things that can be picked up in terms of kind of diabetes control, either slipping a little bit or, you know, just kind of seeing that the progression is kind of increasing slowly. And so that's kind of what we want to keep an eye out on there. Um, I guess no pun intended there. <laughs> um, but basically, we're our job is just to kind of make sure that things are doing okay there. Um, if we start to notice things like, you know, bleeding or areas where there's not enough oxygen getting to the back of the eyes, um, we kind of know that, you know, we need to keep a closer monitor on your overall, you know, um, diabetic health and whatnot and can hopefully kind of get you to see the right people, whether that's your normal primary care doctors, or if you maybe, maybe sometimes this also happens as well, where people don't know that they're diabetic and, you know, have a regular eye exam. We happen to find signs of diabetes and then can actually let them know like, hey, you know, this is what we're seeing and you should probably go get checked out by just a primary care doctor, have them run some tests. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, that it's, it's maybe something that is caught early enough where, you know, things can be under control in a much more, I guess, like a faster fashion there. Um, so obviously not, not a super, I know for people that have diabetes, not a super, um, uplifting kind of thought and everything, but you know, it's kind of just one of the realities of things that people have to live with. So we do want to make this as easy as possible. And the way to do that is just to, you know, continue to see eye care providers and stuff to make sure that things are being kept under control. And it's, you know, it can be whether you feel like totally fine with your diabetes or not. Um, but as long as you're kind of getting seen on a regular basis, that's kind of one of the main things just to watch for any kind of like clinical signs before you actually get um, symptoms yourself. And that's going to do it for the eye fact for today. Um, we're going to move straight into some video game news because this is a video game podcast. So I wanted to kind of go over quite a few things in the beginning here because we got I've got like a whole thing written up and whatnot. I'm kind of getting back into the habit of writing things down to kind of keep myself on a like straight path here. I was going to say straight and narrow path, but it's probably going to go in tangents. You guys know how I do things. Um, but first things first, I do have a correction from last week's episode. I believe I, at the time I was kind of going off the cuff and said that, um, the legend of Zelda skyward sword was originally a Wii U game and kind of alluded to the fact that that's maybe part of the reason why it didn't do so well and realized later on, I was, I was thinking to myself, it's like, wait a second, things, things seem a little bit off and I don't know what it is. So I listened back to the episode realized that's exactly what I had said, and then kind of realized I needed to correct this, but the Skyward Sword actually was a, a Wii game, not a Wii U game. And the the made me kind of realize afterwards, I was like, wait a second, then what was the Wii U Zelda? And realized that, you know, I've, I've been thinking in my head that Breath of the Wild was a Switch game, which, you know, I think that's probably what a lot of people think of when they think of Breath of the Wild, but Breath of the Wild was actually also released on the Wii U. So in a sense, that game was kind of... I don't know. 
the Wii U's only Zelda game, I guess you could say, or like, you know, Zelda, like, large third, or not third person, um, well, yeah, third person, but like 3D Zelda game kind of thing. And it's weird that we kind of had like a, you know, like a new entry that's kind of was now on two different consoles and the Wii U never got its own like original entry. I think that's kind of a more common thing that I think people would be looking for, but that was my mistake though. So got that fixed up. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe people will start enjoying Skyward Sword a little bit more now that it's coming to the Switch in a remastered form. Um, going straight forward there, I have some updates. Um, we have some delays that actually hit uh, earlier, I guess, within the past week or so. Um, Gran Turismo 7, which is um, Sony's first-party kind of, you know, racing simulation kind of game. Um, that one was originally coming out in 2021, and I don't think we had a exact release date yet. But unfortunately, that has been pushed into next year, 2022. So that was unfortunate for kind of multiple reasons. One of the reasons being that I had Grand Prism 7 on my fantasy draft and I had to go and take that off uh, this past weekend, actually. So <laughs> little, little disappointed there. I was actually, you know, I think when Michael and I first talked about the next gen systems and kind of what might launch with, you know, with the consoles and we talked about like, I don't know if it was just launch window and whatnot. But Gran Turismo 7 was one of the ones that I had hypothesized as being something that would likely kind of show up around like launch time or launch window time. Obviously, we've seen that Sony has kind of played really loosely with what the term launch window means now. I think a lot of people think maybe it's just kind of like the first, I don't know, three to five months or so. And it seems like Sony is kind of like, oh, you know, this can be like six months or maybe even longer as launch window now. So kind of a kind of a weird thing but maybe it's also just you know pandemic times have kind of changed the timelines for a lot of different things and so you know they've kind of had to backpedal a little bit on some of the words that they've said in the past about launch window releases and whatnot um along with the gran turismo 7 delay for the ps5 we also received word that um vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 and yes that is the entire title there it's long i don't know why it needs to be that long but um originally well, let's, let's let's go back in the in the slightly way back machine. It was originally planned for launching in I think quarter one of 2020. Obviously, you know we we don't have the game, and so that's clearly not when the actual thing was going to be hitting. Um, they ended up pushing it into 2021, which was this year. But recently, we got news that the developer that has been working on this game, Hard Suit Labs, was apparently removed from the project, and so you know they. I don't, something's going on behind the scenes with this game, obviously, I think for, for fans and for, you know, just industry pundits and whatnot, people just speculating and stuff that things clearly are not going well for this game. Um, so the release date has kind of been indefinitely delayed, similar to, I think, Dying Light 2, which I think was indefinitely delayed last year at some point. But, um, you know, this is even worse news when you hear that the main developer on the game has been removed from the project. And they're kind of going to be, you know, sounds like probably restarting from, I, don't know, I would assume somewhat from scratch. I'd assume you don't just take all of the work from, you know, Hard Suit Labs and then just kind of move it over to some other developer. Other developers are probably going to want their own, you know, work on it rather than kind of just taking some old work and putting new like flair on it and whatnot. So that's that's pretty unfortunate. I don't know if I was ever super excited about these games just because it's a, it's a series or franchise that's kind of you know, passed by me and whatnot. As, as do a whole lot of different things that are kind of more on the way, like cult classic kind of side for people. 
but I know it's 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 going to be upsetting for some people, but I'm just going to have to wait and see what happens with that. Um, apparently, also the the pre order option for the game was also removed, so that's even more of kind of telling that you know things are things are way way in trouble over there, and hopefully they'll find some way to pull it out eventually. Moving there from delays into um, some PS5 edition announcements, we heard that uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skaters 1 and 2, the um, remaster of those two games, is coming to the next-gen systems on March 26th and um, apparently later in 2021 for the Switch console as well. Um, Apparently, though, it's only going to be free, or the the upgrade to PS5 is only going to be free if you own the Digital Deluxe Edition. So people who just bought the... Um, normal game on the you know ps4 xbox one that kind of stuff um will only get the you know ps4 slash xbox one backwards compatible version to play on new systems if they have them but um i think it's like a ten dollar difference if you i want to say like the the remasters were a total of like what 39.99 for um the one and two remaster and i think digital deluxe probably bumped it up by about like 10 I don't, I don't think it would do 20 or more after that um, bump, but basically, if you wanted the um, update for free now, though, you need to have paid that extra $10. Um, otherwise, I think you have to... I don't know if there's a digital deluxe edition upgrade option available. That would be kind of a nice thing to just have. Um, but I guess if you, you know, if you don't have any of them, just feel free to go ahead and get the um, next-gen release when it comes out in March, so... That's, I think, the only one that I had for the PS5 there. Uh, We do have some new dates that I forgot to mention, I think, last time. We heard about a bunch of games that came from the Nintendo Direct that we obviously knew were going to be coming to the Switch eventually, but uh, failed to realize that some of those games are actually coming to the PS4 as well until some of them started showing up on the store as pre-orders. So, got some of those written down here for you. We've got the Ninja Gaiden Remaster Collection coming uh, June 10th, and that's coming to all previous generation systems. Uh, we have Samurai Warriors 5, uh, which we don't have a date for, but we do know is coming to all the previous gen systems as well. And when I say that, I mean um, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Um, we have The Legend of Mana remaster coming on June 24th, and that's going to be $29.99. That is one that you can already see up for pre-orders on the PS5, or I guess probably even the PS4 as well, um, because it's coming to PS4 and Switch. We have the Saga Frontier remaster. Um coming on april 15th sorry i got tripped up there because i was reading it and i was like wait a second the the title is saga frontier remastered and i was you know i was so used to like saying collection after remaster kind of thing but um yeah coming april 15th on ps4 and switch uh we have the caligula effect 2 which is launching in japan on june 24th for ps4 and switch and we are probably going to have to wait to see if we get a Western release for that. But um, interesting little tidbit and side story there is that I started the Caligula Effect 1, um, which is, I think, if you get the, I guess it's kind of like a deluxe edition type of thing. It's called um, Caligula Effect Overdose, I believe, that has like the DLC and everything in there as well. Um, I think I got it on sale recently for a pretty decent price. And it's pretty cool so far. I'm, I'm kind of, it, it's been an interesting looking thing where it's, you are in, I believe a, or it, so your, your character, right? Um, you kind of realize that you're in this weird kind of make believe virtual world kind of thing. And all the people around, or not all the people, but majority of the people around you are, you know, fake and stuff. Right. And there's this idol that apparently is kind of the one pulling the strings behind the scenes and whatnot. And it's um, not a real person, but it's like a virtual idol kind of thing. 
and you're kind of tasked with trying to figure out like what's going on here like why are why am i trapped here and apparently there are some other people that are also trapped there with you um one of the more interesting things that they kind of talked about was that these other people that you're um you eventually like meet and whatnot that are real as well they mentioned that you know they've been kind of stuck in this loop for they don't really know how long and apparently they don't age when they're inside this world. So I'm, I'm interested to kind of see where this all goes. It seems like maybe towards the end, if we do end up getting out, I'm curious to see kind of how old your character and all the other characters actually are. Like, have they been, you know, in comas for a long time? Like, what's what's been going on behind the scenes here? But it seems pretty cool. Um, but if you're excited about any of that and you've, you've played that first game, apparently we'll be looking forward to a second game eventually. Um, then we have some of the, uh, games that were announced for PS plus coming in March. Uh, so just, uh, basically in a couple days here and first one and kind of the, the biggest one of the bunch is final fantasy seven remastered is coming to PS plus, um, along with remnants, um, from the ashes coming or both of those coming to PS4. Uh, we also have Farpoint, which is a PSVR title that we're going to get for free this month, and Maquette, which is a PS5 title that's actually, I think, releasing on the 2nd of March, and that's, you know, when it's going to become available. So that's a pretty exciting kind of, man, I mean, the total lineup for this month is, you know, amazing. The Getting Maquette for free is a pretty awesome bonus for people that have a PS5. Um, there's also going to be a PS4 version as well um, that is, you know, purchasable and whatnot. I don't believe at this time you get access to both of those because I think it's it was similar with Bug Snacks in the past, where you, if you you know redeem the PS Plus version of Bug Snacks for the PS5 when it was available, um, you only could play the PS5 one. You didn't have the PS5 and PS4. Um, whereas, you know, people that bought the game outright, um, without the PS plus, um, free part, they, I think had both PS4 and PS5 editions, um, at the disposal and whatnot. And so interesting kind of things here. One other thing to mention, because, um, the things that I'll get to a little bit later was that the final fantasy seven remastered, um, since I said it's the PS4 version, um, we do know that there's a PS5 upgrade coming um in i believe june i think june 10th is the date um but if you at the moment from what i've been um, reading and kind of seeing it's been a little bit confusing because you know sometimes this these updates from ps4 versions to the next you know next gen consoles and whatnot some of them have been free some of them you have to pay for like you know small upgrade fees some of them you have to just buy the game entirely again but it's kind of been all over the map and it seems that for you know Final Fantasy VII Remake owners, um, currently, if you own the digital edition of the PS4, you'll be getting the free upgrade for the PS5 version. Um, you still have to pay for the DLC that's going to be available only on PS5, but you at least get the free upgrade, right? Um, and that works for digital as well as disc owners. Um, people with a disc just have to make sure that they have a disc, um, disc version PS5 console, basically. Um, they can get the upgrade that way, but people that are getting the PS Plus edition of, you know, the Final Fantasy VII Remake free game and whatnot, apparently do not get the option for the free upgrade to the PS5 version when it releases in June. So, weird kind of choices here. I don't know if this is just a way to get people to, you know, like, like double dip and stuff or buy it again on PS5. Um, I assume this is kind of all up to the, you know, publisher, or not the publisher, the um, developers, you know, 
choice as to like whether a game is going to have a free upgrade or not. So this is probably just kind of Square being like, hey, you know, if we get a lot of people excited about Final Fantasy VII Remake on PS4 and they, you know, have a PS5 or eventually buy a PS5 and they want to play it on there, um, they'll have to buy the game again, right? And so that's kind of a it's a it's a weird kind of move when you know these these games are going to be pretty expensive for people and stuff. And you know why get people excited about Final Fantasy VII Remake for free on PS4 um, if you're not going to or for PS Plus owners PS Plus owners I should say if you're not going to then you know follow through and be like hey and you guys also get the upgrade if you own a PS5. I don't know. Weird choices all around, but this is kind of the the area that we're at at the moment. And then um, also as a kind of a surprise, and this will happen, um, or this will be talked about um, soon as well in the news section, but uh, we have a game called Ratchet & Clank, which people may remember from a while back. Um, that one is coming to the Play at Home initiative, which is returning um, for the next few months, actually. And this will be available for a limited time on the PS4 as a free download for people who don't already own it. Um, and that will be made available on March 1st at 80, or sorry, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and will be available until March 31st at 8 p.m. Um, it said PDT, so Pacific Daylight Time. I don't know. I'm not great at time zones, guys. This is, this is something that I'm not um, calling my forte over here. <laughs> But yeah, that's, man, that was a lot of updates. I realized now that that took quite a bit of time, but there's just a lot of things to go over this this week. So we'll jump straight into the news from there. And the first one, like I mentioned, um, Play at Home Initiative 2021 is happening. We know that it's going to go from, or it's going to start in March, and it's going to extend all the way through um, June, I believe. So basically a total of four months that we're going to be seeing um, things like this. The first one is, um, like I mentioned, the Ratchet and Clank um, game from I think I think it was 2016. Um, but if you don't already own it, which you know is it's kind of now that I think about it, you know it makes it makes sense because we have the second Ratchet and Clank game, um, or sorry, second like new Ratchet and Clank game coming, um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And if that's coming in, I think when when is that happening? Is it April or June? I forget. It's it's coming within the next like um, several months, right? But if that one's coming up soon for PS5 owners and whatnot, I think you know getting getting people excited for that by giving you know people that don't own Ratchet and Clank already the title is you know one cool way to kind of drum up excitement. The weird thing, though, is that I know that Ratchet and Clank, um, the 2016 game, was also given out to PS Plus owners a while back, and and it's maybe it's just because in my mind I'm like, hey, like you know, if you're if you're really hardcore into like you know consoles and and PS or Sony gaming and stuff in general, like I'm sure you've probably already played Ratchet and Clank, and then for people who you know, haven't played it yet, um, maybe they're kind of like late adopters and whatnot, I would assume they probably don't own a PS5, but maybe that's just kind of my own, you know, bias and thoughts on the matter and whatnot. But let me, let me check real quick here. I, I remember seeing, yeah, here it is. So we got the, we got the game Ratchet and Clank on PS4 back in March of 2018. So just roughly about three years ago, um, we got it as a PS Plus title. And I, I get that it's, you know, it's cool to be giving this to people now who don't own PS Plus and stuff. And maybe that is the, the point of this all is that, you know, if you don't own PS Plus and you've never been on PS Plus and whatnot, then this is a way for you to get a, a free game and whatnot to play to maybe drum up more excitement for the next Ratchet and Clank game. 
but yeah, interesting, interesting kind of thing. For I guess for those of us who are kind of always downloading all the games that come to PS Plus, if we whenever we get them available, this is kind of just like a, oh, cool, you know, it's not for me, but it'll be for somebody. So exciting stuff there. We only know that that is the first thing that's been announced for March. Um, there's another I think announcement as well where I think there's going to be a kind of joint venture between Funimation and um, Sony and basically we are getting some kind of extended access um, for new subscribers to the Funimation um, channel I guess you'd say I don't, I don't know what you call it Funimation service basically people that want to try out this service um, sounds like they're going to get some options to do so in an extended way for a limited amount of time and I think that starts on March 25th as well and we'll have to probably wait until like next month to find out more about kind of the following months. I assume they're going to kind of slowly leak these things out, kind of similar probably to the whole PS Plus um, announcements and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a cool way to start this thing. We already have a whole bunch of cool games coming next month to PS Plus, And now we've got one more for people that aren't PS Plus owners as well. Then... Going from there, we've got a little bit of kind of sadder news. We did hear that um, Japan Studios is going to be winding down. Apparently, they have not had, or okay, a bulk amount of their um, developing staff have not kind of been renewed on their contracts. And those those new contracts, I think, would start April 1st, I believe, when the um, next financial year would start for Sony. And so because there's not been a renewal of those contracts for a vast majority of the devs, um, we are going to see the studio as a whole kind of closing down. Um, aside from the um, one of the teams in there, um, Asobi team, which you know works on the Astrobot games, so they are still going to exist um, at Sony um, as a kind of like standalone studio. I guess they'll kind of. It's almost like seeing like a you know a larger first party studio kind of shrink down to like just like one fraction of itself, and that fraction being kept on, and the rest are kind of just like dispersing to the wind and stuff. Um, so it's sad, you know. I mean, we're we're seeing a one of the longest running studios at um, Sony first party um, teams and whatnot. All of a sudden, is going to be gone um, with just kind of a fraction of itself remaining, and. You know, I think I think um, this may be not may may not be kind of like the the hugest news, the largest kind of thing of the the week and whatnot. But still, it's it's pretty pretty upsetting in in my book, especially because I kind of look at I like to kind of look at like the legacy of these different like studios and whatnot, and kind of see that you know they've they've worked on things like um, I mean, Knack is not the the best example, but they've you know they've helped with things like Gravity Rush or not helped they they worked kind of mainly on Gravity Rush. Um, Puppeteer, I think, in the past on the PS3, it uh, like everybody's golf, uh, and then they've helped with a whole bunch of things on the side, like um, Bloodborne and The Last Guardian, um, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus um, remasters and things, and you know, it's just kind of a it's a sad time when you see like a studio that's done all this really cool, amazing work and stuff, and now they're kind of being shrunk down, and it's you know because of business reasons. The um, Japan studio games have not been kind of hitting the same heights um, sales-wise as kind of some of the more like Western um, devs and whatnot. Um, so because of that, they're going to, you know, shrink down. They're not going to be renewed on that side, like I mentioned, and we'll just have a Sobi team, which I think, so not, not, I wouldn't say surprised a lot of people, but, you know, like it kind of brought them further into the light again when we got the... Um, PS5, I guess some, I guess people call it like a tech demo kind of thing. I feel like it's more of a kind of just like a smaller game experience, but 
um, for basically Astro's Playroom for the PS5. And I think a lot of people, you know, have seen now that, that have PS5s, obviously. Um, they've seen what Team SOB can do, and hopefully we'll start. We'll continue to get some really cool like Astrobot titles. But I'm I'm sad because you know it's we're losing a lot of really cool IPs and whatnot that you know could hopefully or at least at least the things that have you know been learned from those titles and whatnot could hopefully kind of live on in newer games and whatnot there. But yeah, we're just gonna have to kind of let things go and see what happens in the future. I don't know if in, eventually in the future we'll see like remasters of some of these like old titles. I know people have been talking about things like Ape Escape for a long, long time, and you know now we'll just have to kind of wait and see if it just collects dust or gets sold somewhere, and a, another dev kind of picks it up and all that stuff. But yeah, kind of sad times there, and I think that's kind of where I'll, I'll end that topic. I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, maybe Michael and I will kind of revisit this kind of topic in the future to kind of have a conversation around it, because we were kind of talking a little bit over text message, and, you know, the conversation was pretty pretty, pretty good, I'd say, um, just kind of going back and forth between our thoughts on the matters. But moving on from there, uh, we did have a state of play for the first time in 2021, and it's actually been quite a while since we've had a state of play in general, I think, but, uh, or at least one that's kind of focused around multiple games. We've kind of been getting a lot of kind of deep dives into specific titles, uh, especially last year. So it was nice to see kind of a return to more of a like broad spectrum um, approach to these type of things. And, you know, surprisingly, I think this state of play was actually my favorite one that I've seen across all of the different ones that we've gotten previously. So really cool, really cool. Um, we had a total of 10 different announcements. The first one was about Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Um, it's going to be getting a PS5 edition, and that's coming on March 12th. Um, there is going to be an upgrade option available for people who already own the game, so that's a really cool thing. It sounds like that is going to be free, so don't have to worry about paying for that stuff. Then we got some more um, info on Returnal, which is coming out. As we know, um, it was pushed back to April 31st. And... We know that that one is going to be coming up pretty soon here, but we got to see a little bit of a deeper dive into kind of some more of the gameplay, a little bit more of the kind of story in the background. And I think that's what's really grabbing me now is that, you know, I was I was worried for a bit, not about Housemark itself, but worried that, you know, we weren't getting a whole lot of information about it. And one of the other reasons I'm worried is because it was on my it's on my fantasy draft. And so looking at kind of all the pieces there and kind of waiting to hear more about the game, I was, um, one, surprised to see that we got a um, trailer dropped on the I guess right now so I've been playing a lot on PS5 <laughs> excuse me I don't know if the PS4 has a similar kind of thing where you get to kind of see like a newsreel type of situation but the um, PS5 has that available and on there I saw a trailer drop for Returnal and kind of watched that and I think it came out the morning before the um, state of play as well so I was kind of watching through all that, and it had a really cool kind of like story element in there that I hadn't gotten from previous trailers. Um, previous trailers kind of talked a little bit about, you know, this this loop that this um, character is stuck in um, time-wise. She gets, you know, killed on this alien planet over and over again, and she just kind of is reborn back into this like specific moment in time. And... It's, it was always, you know, very mysterious and whatnot, and it looked pretty, like, flashy as far as gameplay goes. But now we have a little bit more story aspect, and there were some really cool things in there. So I recommend people go and check that stuff out. Um, it looks like we're kind of seeing there's some um, remnants of, like, an alien civilization on this planet, as well as kind of, like, weird parallel dimensions that she seems to kind of be popping in and out of. And even some kind of um, horror aspects within the game as well, which I'm... 
I, it makes me nervous a little bit because I just don't do well with like first person horror kind of stuff. Um, but it does, you know, raise my interest of the game in general, just to kind of see all these different aspects we're looking at. So exciting things there. I think that's one that I'm very excited about coming um, in a couple months here or yeah, yeah, a couple months. Yeah. Um, then we had uh, Knockout City was mentioned. Now, this was also on the Nintendo Direct. So now we know it's also to come into PS4. And apparently there's going to be a um, sign up for a beta that you can play. Um, I think uh, crossplay, it sounds like as well. So if you go to the website for Knockout City, you can go ahead and get into that crossplay beta a little bit early. It sounds like on PlayStation. The next one, I think, was one of my favorite announcements in the entire thing, and it's a game called Sifu, and it's coming to the PS5 and PS4 in 2021. Um, it's apparently made by um, Slow Clap, which also made the game Absolver previously. Um, basically, you are a, what's it called? Um, I guess like a, a young man, right? I'll start there. You're a young man who is on a revenge mission, and he's kind of basically, it's kind of this you know, behind behind the character, over the shoulder type of um, experience where you're kind of fighting these different like people, different attackers that are coming at you um, using your martial arts and whatnot. And you see the character throughout the trailer kind of dying multiple times. And each time he dies, he ages a significant amount. So he looks really young initially. And then um, the next time that he, you know, like awakens from like being killed and whatnot, he is now like, I'd say like, you know, five to seven years older kind of thing. And throughout the trailer, he gets older and older and, you know, it seems like more like seasoned in his like martial arts and whatnot. So it's a pretty cool looking like concept and everything. And I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I can't wait to get a a date for it eventually. But um, just kind of seeing the overall combat and, you know, it's, it's a it's a funny thing where, you know, there's this kind of phenomenon that happens when, you know, there's a sound that connects with something that you're seeing visually and it kind of increases your the like the impact that you kind of feel within your body and whatnot and they're they're really hitting kind of things correctly there where like the the sounds of the impacts that are kind of being made with the kung fu and everything looks and kind of feels really good in a weird way Uh, i think people that watch the trailer may kind of understand what i'm saying there but really really cool game um, and i'm excited for that one quite a bit then we had Solar Ashes that was talked about more. Um, we've heard about this game already, and we know that it's coming to PS4 and PS5 in 2021. Um, sadly, no no date officially announced there, but um, this is by uh, Heart Machine, I believe, and they're the ones who made Hyper Light Drifter. So pretty cool new trailer. I'm, I'm digging kind of the overall like scene and vibe that this trailer had going on. We had uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach um, talked about a bit more as well. This one's also coming to PS5 and PS4 in 2021. Um Quite a few of things that were kind of just talked about here didn't have like full actually i shouldn't say quite a few i think those are actually the only two uh or three sorry sifu solar ash and the security breach game um no official dates but we do know that you know they're hopefully coming this year that one um you know first person horror kind of thing i know five nights at freddy's has been around for quite a while now and it's got like a pretty pretty decent cult following and whatnot but um the this one i i think interests me more than any of the other games the other ones kind of all do the same like shtick and whatnot where it's just like you watch cameras and manage electrical systems and things and then hopefully they don't jump scare you by the end of the night kind of thing right um but this one it is more interesting to me because it has kind of more of a story going on it kind of gave me interestingly like um bioshock one vibes a little bit in terms of kind of just the overall like creepiness of the venue that you're in and everything 
as well as kind of like you have a character that seemingly is talking to you via a radio and whatnot, and you're both kind of trying to escape um, together and everything. Um, but pretty, pretty cool looking. I was, I was surprised that I was kind of more interested by this um, now than when it was initially announced. Um, we also had a little bit more of Oddworld Soulstorm pop up, and we found out that um, we already know it's coming to PS5 and PS4, but now we know it's coming on April 6th, and it's going to be available on PS Plus that month as well for the PS5 release. So pretty cool overall. I think that's that's a pretty nice surprise because I think for me especially, um, Oddworld is not something I've ever been super interested in, um, not something I would pick up you know, on, on release and whatnot. So seeing that... And it, it's, it's for me, like, this is a very specific, like, Nathan kind of thing, where the art style, in my opinion, is very ugly, and I can't, like, look at ugly things. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, it's kind of the same thing with, like, in my mind, like, I can't handle stuff like um, Adventure Time or, like, what's that, what's that other show? Chowder or Flapjack. Like, these shows that, like, you know, are, like, cartoony kind of looking, but, like, ugly in a way like um and i'm not saying that like the people that designed these things like made an ugly game i'm just saying that like the style is like ugly on purpose in my mind if that makes sense um it's got a very like specific style these are like you know kind of like alien creatures and whatnot and it's just like i just kind of get creeped out sometimes like sometimes they just it's it's probably they just do too good of a job at like creating these creatures in this world and whatnot and everything just looks you know, creepy and kind of ugly to me. So I'm just like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to look at you for long periods of time. <laughs> so that's just kind of how that's been going there. But I will um, pick it up if it come if it's coming to PS Plus. So I'll, I'll try it out. We'll, we'll see, we'll see how, how far I can get into it and see if it's something I'm vibing with. Um, the next one though, yeah, I think is tied with the last um, announcement for kind of my second favorite of the, the show. And that is Kena Bridge of Spirits. Um, we know it's coming to PS5 and PS4. And now we know that it's actually coming on um, August 24th, which was a surprise when the date was shown. Because I've been waiting for an announcement of the, you know, the release date for quite a while now. Um, for a long time, we've been told it was coming in March of this year. And finding out that it's going to be five months later than what we thought is a pretty big like shock for me. But the trailer looked really, really good, and I'm still super pumped for this game. So, you know, I'm gonna have to wait for a while now um, because you know I don't. I feel like I haven't been reading a lot of people being like, "Hey guys, like this was delayed. Like, what's up?" Um, but it's all just been like, "Oh my gosh, it looked so good," which it did, and that's that's I'm very happy about. So, I'm just gonna have to wait a few more months now to see how this game turns out, and hopefully, it turns out very well because I'm um, I'm very excited to play this game. Um, Deathloop was the second to last announcement here. That's coming on uh, May 21st still. Um, luckily, no delays there that we've seen, um, but or at least since the initial delay from um, April, I think. But the the trailer actually got me a little bit more hyped than I previously was for the game. Um, initially, I was kind of like I've been a little bit down lately about like the whole death loop thing. We're just it's we've been seeing a lot of different trailers, and I've kind of just been like, okay, cool. Like it reminds me of Dishonored and whatnot, just a little bit you know prettier in some aspects. And I like the whole you know go anywhere, do anything type of vibe and kind of the chaotic nature of the game overall and the the story premise and everything is really interesting. Um, but seeing kind of multiple trailers for a while, I've just been like, okay, like I don't need to see more. Like I just want to play the game. That's all. I don't, I don't, I don't need 
you to feed me more information through new trailers. I just want to play it and kind of see what what's going on here. Um, but this one actually was was I think probably my favorite trailer out of everything, and it's probably due like largely in part to the music they had in the background this time. And it was actually kind of a like it seems like original song for the game specifically because at one point they were just you know singing out Death Loop and all that stuff, and it gave me like very um, strong like. 007 film vibes in a way um they've they've been doing a good job i think of the whole like you know visual aesthetic of the game and kind of the the overall like style and panache and everything but the the game now has kind of jumped a little bit in my hopes and expectations and things so hopefully when that comes out in may i'll be um you know ready and raring to go over there and the last one of the announcements for the state of play there was um, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, and that is going to be coming to PS5. Um, oh, sorry, there we go. I have the date here. So I think I was saying June 10th. I thought there was an announcement of June 10th for something, but uh, maybe it's just the Intergrade part there is coming on June 21st worldwide. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy VII f- um, Remake is going to be free on PS5 for PS4 owners, like I mentioned. The extra episode, however, that has um, Yuffie in it, which I think was one of the more exciting things here. This is why it's tied for second place as the most hype excitement um, announcements of the show. And um, so since Yuffie's going to be in there and it's going to be like a whole extra episode, apparently you're going to have to purchase this um, DLC upgrade. And I'm not sure if we have for sure heard what that's going to cost, but I think... Um, I think Michael mentioned that he heard or saw someone talking about it being, I think, like either $19.99 or $29.99. So assuming it's going to be a pretty, you know, decent expansion kind of thing there. Um, but it looks really cool. I'm, I'm very excited to get back into this game again. I want to platinum this game, but I think it requires a total of like two and a half playthroughs or something um, just because you need to, you know, play the game on normal, play it on hard, and then also unlock like all the different dresses that are available for the characters at a specific chapter so that does take multiple playthroughs to do and that's kind of something that at the time I had such a good time with my first playthrough of it I didn't want to run through it again kind of like you know make it feel like a grind a little bit so I think what I'm probably going to do is sometime in the future or sometime in the near future hopefully I will try and play through it on hard again um, just to kind of get the hard playthrough out of the way, and then when the PS5 update comes, I will then play it on the the PS5. I'm still going to be playing it on the PS5 if I play it right now, but um, when the upgrade comes and whatnot, I will play the PS5 version and then hopefully get all the stuff that I need there. So that I think excites me the most, and I'm assuming as well there will probably also be another trophy list, which would be pretty exciting if that's the case i don't know i don't know we'll have to see um but yeah if anyone's excited about that, any of that stuff or any of that sounded really cool definitely go check out the um the i almost said direct the state of play because i think it was about 30 minutes long or so and it's a decent one um so now on the topic of my brain going towards uh, directs here we did have a nintendo pokemon direct and we got the announcements of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. These are uh, remakes that are coming in late 2021. Pretty exciting kind of things there. I, I, I'm probably not like as ear to the ground as I should be in terms of like Nintendo news and whatnot. So it seems like this is a you know a theory or like a rumor people have been speculating about for quite a while. Apparently, 
that's why like when I when I had originally seen this as an option on the fantasy draft, I was like, who who actually thinks that this game is like, you know, like why why do we think that this game is like a shoe in for this year kind of thing? And you know, lo and behold, people are right. So I'm just like, well, this is why I am not like super ear to the ground in Nintendo stuff over here because it's just you know it's just insane on this on this platform over there. Um, but we also got a really exciting announcement of Pokemon Arceus, um, and it's, it's spelled A-R-C-E-U-S, and I've, I've heard that it's said by some people within the studio as Arceus, also supposed to officially, I think, be, I think pronounced Arceus, like almost like a a soft-ish kind of C sound, I don't know. Uh, but this one is more of a kind of open world Pokemon game where you are kind of sneaking through bushes. You can sneak through bushes and, you know, throw a Pokeball and it actually like catches the thing. You don't have to go into a battle with it and stuff. Um, it's kind of a, almost like a, a dream come true, I think, for a lot of people that love Pokemon games. And it's going to be set, I think, within the same world as um, Diamond and Pearl, um, that, that fourth generation Pokemon series. Um, but it is going to be kind of like a, I guess back in, they're calling it like feudal times, which is weird because I associate feudal with like, you know, like samurai and things like that. But basically it's, it's in like the past of the Pokemon universe and there's kind of this whole like interesting mystery going on with like, um, the whole, I think from what I understand, right, um, Arceus is the supposed to be like the god of Pokemon kind of thing. And if that's going to be the title of this entire thing, I imagine there's got to be some kind of really, you know, interesting story going on as well. And, you know, it's it's cool. Like the the Diamond and Pearl remakes are going to have this kind of cute, like chibi character um, art style and whatnot. And that was that was like, you know, I was I was kind of surprised. I was like, why are we going like backwards in graphics and whatnot, guys? Like I, I was thinking we were going to have similar to kind of like sword and shield kind of things. But I was like, OK, no, this is cute still. Like I would I would definitely play this. But um, then they showed Arceus, which looks to be more of the kind of like sword and shield type of art style. And that's where I got really excited because now I'm like, yes, we have a new like mainline type of thing coming. It's coming um, next year at some point. Um, I don't remember if they said early or not, but, you know, 2022, very exciting right there. And that was kind of the main things there. I know they had a really long intro for just kind of the entire history of Pokemon. And I think it's it's cool for probably for Pokemon fans and for people that are kind of nostalgic seeing it go through everything but at some point in the trailer i was just like come on guys just just fast forward over here every single time a new anime airs and stuff in the history it's like anime and i'm just like no i know that there's multiple anime like generations and stuff we don't gotta go through all these guys it's okay every time a new like generation happens in trading cards we don't have to go there again it's fine don't worry about it just bring me through all the video games this is clearly video game announcement related (laughs) but they're excited they're doing this for the um 25th anniversary of Pokemon coming up this year, so I get it. I get it. There's a lot of nostalgia things happening, but yeah, that's everything for the news. Um, and since we are, yeah, we're 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 like on fire over here. We're running pretty long. I am gonna try and breeze through this next part here um, because you know just small small bits of like happiness as far as trophy goes i did manage to finish my neo one platinum trophy um took me i think around game clock wise i think it says i'm around like 180 hours total um i got that on february 20th so that is i think at the moment one of my proudest platinums that i've gotten um neo one also one of my favorite games ever now that i can you know have played through all of that kind of stuff 
and I've luckily still been keeping my trophy streak alive. Um, I thought for a few days earlier this week I was going to miss it and managed to get a quick trophy in at nighttime or something right before the, the day ended. So I have still managed to keep um, at least one trophy every day and going strong. Going strong in 2021 over here. Um, there's also a really cool PlayStation Indie sale going on right now. So for people that you know want to check out a lot of cool indie games, um, definitely check out the sale there. There's so many like cool things on there. I think... Some of the ones that I would recommend for sure, um, stuff like Moonlighter, I believe, is on there. I think Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark is on there for people that like um, kind of more like turn-based tactical um, RPG kind of stuffs. Uh, Moonlighter is a really cool kind of, um, I guess like a, I guess you'd call it kind of top-down, yeah, like top-down dungeon crawler kind of action game where you also play as a uh, merchant during the daytime and at nighttime you scour the dungeons for things to, to sell and whatnot. That's a really cool, fun game. I love the, the art of that style as well. Um, but yeah, those two things. Creature in the Well I got and I started playing a bit. Um, I think I played it originally on Xbox when it was on Game Pass and... At the time, I don't know, it didn't click super hard for me at the time, but now that I'm kind of playing it again on PS4, or I guess on PS5, the, the PS4 um, backwards compatibility and feature and whatnot, I've been kind of getting more into it again, and I think I'm going to hopefully see it through to the end. It also seems like it's a pretty decent platinum to achieve and whatnot. I think I am maybe about like halfway or close to halfway there, which is pretty exciting. Um, but since we're talking about indies and everything, I did want to spotlight a game, and this will be the last part of the show, did want to spotlight a game that is coming out this next week, um, that I'm pretty ridiculously excited about in a weird way. I don't know why I'm so excited about it, but probably just because of the goofy premise that it has. So it's a game called Kill It With Fire, and this game is, um, being made by Casey Donnellan, uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, it says Casey Donnellan Games LT or sorry LLC is the the you know, developer company I guess and whatnot. I'm just assuming in my head it's made by like one person, and um, it's being published by Tiny Build Games. Um, I think I mentioned it's coming out on March 4th of this year, and you know that we're only what like f- at this point four days away from that. And I'm gonna read you guys the description just because I think this is kind of one of the more like brilliant, wacky games that we've gotten recently. Um, So kill it with fire. Description is is, um, from here on. The Spider, mankind's most ancient and deadly nemesis. As a licensed kill it with fire exterminator, um, and that's all, I guess, like a proper noun, apparently. (laughs) It's time to fight back. Assemble your arsenal of increasingly excessive weapons. Track spiders across suburbia and burn everything in your path. To defeat spiders, you must exploit their one weakness, fire, or bullets, or explosions, throwing stars, getting smushed by stuff, pretty much anything, really. (laughs) But that doesn't mean it'll be easy. First, you've got to find the spiders. Use state-of-the-art arachnid tracking technology to pinpoint your quarry's location among hundreds of potential hiding spots. Then, torch everything and smash the spider with a frying pan after it runs out. It's the only way to be sure. Uh, and then it has features, uh, dunge- features dozens of weapons, creepy crawlies, realistic fire simulation system, uh, gratuitous chaos and destruction, and you learn the truth about spiders. That's the real treasure there, guys. Knowledge. Um, learning the truth about spiders in this video game sounds like a blast, and I can't wait for um, March 4th over here. I don't know the price of it. That is one thing that's not shown up when it's on here is the kind of 
I don't know, the, the PS5 has an interesting thing now where it shows like um, games that have like, you know, quote unquote, just been announced. Like this has been, I think, up for about like a week or so. Um, some of them do show like prices and whatnot, and some of them don't. And then kind of, you know, some of them have release dates. Some of them just say coming soon. It's kind of like a, you know, patchwork system over here a little bit. But it sounds really cool and it sounds really goofy. Like the, the trailer kind of shows all of it where you're just, you know, you find spiders with this li- this weird like radar type thing. And then, like they said, you just take any means necessary to get rid of these spiders. And the levels have different kind of, um, I guess, like checklists that you can kind of go through and everything. And it, it sounds like a goofy fun time. It reminds me a little bit of a computer game that I remember playing as a kid where there was like, you know, you could you could kind of like it would take almost like a screenshot of whatever screen you're on. And then you could kind of place things on the screen. Like um, I think one of the things you could do is you could place like ants on the screen and then change to like a hammer or something and kind of like smash the ants. And then also if you're not being careful, you like, you know, you keep clicking all over the place and it smashes. It looks like it smashes the computer screen. And eventually you kind of just like reset it and you can use like fire and stuff on that. All these kind of weird little things, but now it's as if this has been turned into an actual like video game kind of. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this turns out. I'm, I'm probably going to pick it up and, and let you guys know how I think of it. Hopefully it's got a pretty decent trophy list as well because that would be an extra bonus. But, you know, just just learning about spiders. That's the real treasure there. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Bros and Consoles podcast, episode 40 of the solo gaming updates. Thank you guys all for tuning in again. Um, and thank you all for the support and whatnot. You know, sometimes getting these things out on time is a little bit tough for me. I just got probably too many, um, what's what's that phrase? Too many pots on the stove, um, things like that, right? <laughs> too many too many pans and pots on the stove. I don't know what the phrase is. But um, it's yeah, a lot of things happening all the time and just trying to make sure that I'm getting these things out there on a somewhat timely basis for you. If an episode ever doesn't air, um, try to check my Twitter at Indie Ronin to see if I put out a message saying that, you know, it's going to be coming on the weekend or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and also be good about that and making sure that announcements are out there in some form. Um, cause I think it's, it's probably not worth it to try and just record like a short, you know, message or whatnot on, on anchor to upload and be like, Hey guys, podcast isn't out yet. Um, obviously as you've kind of realized, so <laughs> I think, um, that Twitter is probably the best way to figure that out. Um, but other than that, if you guys want to write in with questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to, um, email us at brosandconsoles at gmail.com. Um, you can also just, you know, find us on PlayStation Network. Just search search for Indie Ronin, and you can find me on there playing a whole bunch of multiplayer games occasionally. And if you want to search for Michael on there, I think it's still a side quest, and Michael doesn't play a lot of multiplayer stuff, but maybe we'll get him to eventually. Who knows? We did play a little bit of Monster Hunter and Minecraft together earlier this past week, so we'll we'll see what happens eventually there. But um, until then, I will talk to you guys again, um, probably actually on Thursday, I would I would assume and hope is the, the goal here. <laughs> um, and until then, I hope you guys are all staying safe and healthy. Um, keep playing some cool games. If you've got any cool games that you want me to check out, let me know. Um, or if you see that I've got some on things like, I don't know, PSN profiles or just the PlayStation Network in general, feel free to hit me up and be like, hey, knucklehead, try out this game. And I'll be like, all right, sorry. I I know I missed it. I shouldn't have missed it. (laughs) But until next time, I wish you guys a, you know, nice weekend, a fun time and stay healthy, stay safe, keep it real and talk to y'all later. Peace out and cheers, everybody. (laughs) 